Faust is bored and depressed with his life as a scholar. After an attempt to take his own life, he calls on the devil for further knowledge and magic powers with which to indulge in all the pleasure and knowledge of the world. In response, the devil's representative, Mephistopheles, appears. He makes a bargain with Faust. Mephistopheles will serve Faust with his magic powers for a set number of years. But at the end of the term, the devil will claim Faust's soul and Faust will be eternally enslaved. During the term of the bargain, Faust makes use of Mephistopheles in various ways. In Goethe's drama and many subsequent versions of the story, Mephistopheles helps Faust seduce a beautiful and innocent girl, usually named Gretchen, whose life is ultimately destroyed when she gives birth to Faust's bastard son. Realizing this unholy act, she drowns the child and is held for murder. However, Gretchen's innocence saves her in the end, and she enters heaven after execution. In Goethe's rendition, Faust is saved by God via his constant striving in combination with Gretchen's pleadings with God in the form of the eternal feminine. However, in the early tales, Faust is irrevocably corrupted and believes his sins cannot be forgiven. When the term ends, the devil carries him off to hell. The devil at the crossroads. Pan Twardow is a Faustian tale from Polish folklore in which Pan, a nobleman, sold his soul to the devil in exchange for wealth and power. The contract contained a clause stating that the devil could only collect if Pan was in Rome, a place that he never really intended to go. The devil then tricks him into meeting in an inn called Rome and snatches him away, losing his grip halfway to hell and dropping Pan on the moon. The monkey's paw is a take on a very old theme of bargaining with the devil. No matter how many conditions you make when you ask the devil to grant you a wish, he can always twist things so that you are sorry you ever asked for anything. I think what makes the monkey's paw so scary is that it's about temptation. Everyone in the story is tempted by the monkey's paw and the wishes it can grant. It's relatable. Everyone is enamored by the magic of the paw. However, it's scary because it warns against being careful what you wish for. The horror, however, comes from our own lack of short-sightedness about what our dreams and hopes can mean in the outside world. It reveals that often when our own hopes might appear benevolent towards others, there's ultimately a layer of selfishness that underlies them and we don't want to acknowledge that. It also reveals how utterly difficult it is to extrapolate consequences and how difficult it is to rein in our own desires. Although there are supernatural elements here, if read as a kind of moral fable, you can apply these lessons to any number of real-life scenarios in which you might say, you made your bed, now lie in it.
it's impossible to make statements that can't be twisted. The catch in the original story isn't even that creative or clever. It's obvious that the person wishing for money doesn't want their relative to die. Anybody using language the way it was intended should be aware of that. And it shouldn't be necessary to say that. But because the monkey's paw is out to get people, it simply ignores the actual meaning of the words that were said and creates a situation that might seem like it fulfills the wording but ignores the implicit assumptions people are making to meaningfully communicate. Crossroad demons are demons tasked with buying souls for hell through deals with humans. These deals consist of the demon granting the human's wish in exchange for ownership over that person's soul, resulting in the person dying and going to hell to be transformed into a demon upon death. Crossroad demons are named as such because they in particular can be summoned at crossroads by humans seeking to make a deal. They answer to the king of the crossroads. While the deals are typically beneficial to humans, the benefits are almost always temporary as the deals are usually made at the price of the person's soul. Crossroad demons are master manipulators and love to play with people's emotions, particularly negative emotions such as greed, guilt and fear. All crossroad demons sign their contracts with a kiss. Sometimes crossroad demons are shown to hold power over their contracts, essentially permitting them if they wanted to to break any contract they hold. The recipient of a deal suffering an accident is a technicality that allows a crossroad demon to collect their soul as long as the demon did not personally kill the person. However, this is considered bad practice to the other crossroad demons as the potential for more clients declines as the accidents occur. It's all about the bottom line after all. In folk magic and mythology, crossroads may represent a location between the worlds and as such a site where supernatural spirits can be contacted and paranormal events can take place symbolically it can mean a locality where two realms touch and therefore represents a stepping off place the crossing out of your lands and into the unknown a place literally neither here nor there betwixt and between most europeans between 1000 and 1900 bce didn't travel much they were born married raised kids and died within 10 miles of where they were born meeting the road that crossed your road outside of town was also reaching your town's borders in most cases in all mythology and religion stories this stepping off place was the first trial for the hero if you have ever seen a tarot deck and looked at the fool card the crossroads is depicted there The young naive lad is off to seek his fortune and he has one foot on the ground and the other stepping over the edge of the cliff. A deal with the devil, pact with the devil, a Faustian bargain is a cultural motif widespread wherever the devil is vividly present. most familiar in the legend of Faust and the figure of Mephistopheles but elemental to many Christian folk tales according to traditional Christian belief in witchcraft 
the pact is between a person and Satan or any other demon. The person offers his or her soul in exchange for diabolical favors. Those favors vary by the tale, but tend to include youth, knowledge, wealth, or power. It was also believed that some persons made this type of pact just as a sign of recognizing the devil as their master in exchange for nothing. Regardless, the bargain is a dangerous one. For the price of the fiend's service is the wagerous soul. The tale may have a moralizing end with eternal damnation for the foolhardy venturer. Conversely, it may have a comic twist in which a wily peasant outwits the devil, characteristically on a technical point. In voodoo, the legend involves the guardian of the crossroads, Papa Legba, who is petitioned for favors. Papa Legba is not the devil, nor is he likely to be willed by a technicality. In the African-derived traditions, Papa Legba, Elegwa, Elegba, Eshu, Pombagira, and Exu are the spirits of the crossroads. All of these manifestations of the crossroads spirits serve similar roles in that they act as intermediaries between the divine spirits and humans. They stand at the spiritual crossroads and give or deny permission to speak with the spirits of Guni and are believed to speak all human languages. Crossroads play a prominent role in voodoo. Not only is it the place where one can petition the devil and interact with various spirits, it is the place where ritual remains are left, the place where leftover water from spiritual baths are disposed of, the place where cursed objects can be nullified and where any number of spells can be performed. In the United Kingdom, there was a tradition of burying criminals and suicides at crossroads. This may have been due to the crossroads marking the boundaries of the settlement, coupled with a desire to bury those outside of the law, outside the settlement, or that the many roads would confuse the dead. They say that a certain crossroads are a door to another world, the world of the fairies and gods and demons that act in ways that we usually don't see. And every now and then, these crossroads will have a peculiar occupant, the fairy dog. Here, we have the fiery dog's older, darker, and much more insane brother, the black dog. All of Britain has legends of black dogs that portend certain doom, but Wales has one with a much better title, the dog of darkness. As with all scary black ethereal dogs, they are said to haunt crossroads and scare the living daylights out of travelers. The dog's appearance is said to be a dark omen, but isn't that obvious? Why would you assume a demonic hound with night black fur was anything but bad? Well, true to the crossroads power, often these dark hounds or black dogs protected travelers, chased off robbers and raiders while guarding villages or towns that they would never come into. But they might eat you and kill and slaughter your family too. That's the thing with crossroads. We just never knew. This brings me to Randall Flagg, Master Mirror. 
or Gonto Odim if you prefer. While this is a character that originates from Polish folklore, what makes it stand out is the fact that his initials spell out God. Gonto Odim makes deals under a crossroads at midnight. Crossroads in mythology are often associated with passing through to other worlds, either in that of death or other planes. People are buried at crossroads in some customs to help them pass. It's also associated with various folk legends, including that of the crossroads demon. So it seems pretty likely that Gaunter is a crossroads demon, devil, or some other entity of that nature. In essence, Gaunter is the trap, the anglerfish. He gives the wicked what they want, a contract to give them exactly what they desire, and then he punishes them in a way that makes them learn the gravity of their misdeeds and evil desires. There are parallels in mythology. The Greek origins of hubris are strongly rooted in the gods punishing mortals that had desires beyond their lot in life. Gaunter could just be that, a godlike being punishing those he believes deserves it. But once Gaunter sets his sights on you, he is out to get you. There is no question or if or how. He wants you to suffer and die. Or worse, he wants your soul and wants to torment it for eternity. And he will get his way. He snares you with bonds, eyes glowing a fire, to go and torment you till the stars expire. He is Satan. The Polish people are Christians, largely Catholic, and the Christian Bible has numerous instances where Satan tempts man. If I were to reduce him to a few words, I would say that he is a representation of the dance with the devil that you'll eventually come across with enough experience in life. He's scary to many of us because it reminds us that some of our greatest desires come at unbearable cost. How many of our principles will we forego to get ahead in life? How much am I willing to hurt those around me to get what I want? What's even scarier is that he represents regret and hopelessness. Have you ever danced with the devil only to regret it? but can't seem to find a way out? Have you ever given in to your temptations and as a result caused irreparable damage to a loved one? Maybe you ignored your conscience to pursue something and now have trouble sleeping because of it. What I'm trying to say is that Gonto Odim is scary to many of us because the concept of his character is relatable and sometimes he's a chilling reminder of the darker parts of our life. The character or the devil is meant to be a mystery. I think you are meant to feel uneasy and uncertain about how much of him is propaganda and carefully constructed trickery. Like the ninja spreading the rumor that they can walk on water and vanish in a puff of smoke and how much of him is genuine power and where it comes from. You aren't meant to be certain of how bound by the letter of his contracts he really is or why he makes them in the first place, and what universal rule about the nature of human souls 
forces someone like him to make these deals or if maybe he's just a bored and powerful being who does it for fun if he's some kind of spirit that has been empowered by people's belief in the stories of an evil devil that steals souls a genuine demon a wicked jinn who developed a taste for twisting human wishes a clever mage con man who developed some kind of soul battery you could make up reasonable sounding explanations all day but you can never come up with something concrete and i honestly think that's the way that things are supposed to be